0: Before you listen to this podcast, you can subscribe to The Critic magazine with the current offer of five issues for just £10. Head to our website, www.thecritic.co.uk, to subscribe today. Hello and welcome to The Critic's podcast. I'm Olivia Hartley, publisher of The Critic magazine, and today I'm speaking with journalist and feminist campaigner Julie Bindle about her July feature in The Critic, concerning LGBT charity Stonewall and its campaign to change the UK's sex by deception law. So Julie, for the July issue of The Critic magazine, you wrote about the sex by deception clause and the fact that it's under threat. Can you explain for listeners who don't know what it is, what this clause is and why Stonewall are actively campaigning against it?
1: The sex by deception clause is the clearest example I think I can give is if a woman um, believes she's having sex with her partner, but he turns out to be the identical twin brother. That's a very clear cut case. And she only agreed to sex because she thought she was having sex with her partner. Or if a woman consents to sex with a man who has told her that he's had a vasectomy, but it's a blatant lie in order to get her to agree to have sex. That also is sex um, by deception. And then of course we can see the well-publicized cases of young women such as Gail Newland, who it is claimed and she was convicted for this offense that she duped her girlfriend into believing that she was in fact a man and that the girlfriend, the complainant, wouldn't have agreed to have sex with Newland had she known she was a woman and Newland used um, an implement other than a penis to penetrate her. So all of those examples would be sex by deception and then there are some really grey areas for example There was a case um, outside of the British legal jurisdiction where a woman had agreed to have sex with a man who she believed was an Israeli Jew, and it turned out that he was a Palestinian Arab. Now, there are many kind of issues relating to that case that I think are highly problematic um, and that might be rooted in deep-seated prejudice, which brings me to then Stonewall's rationale for saying that they wish to get rid of the sex by deception clause. One might think, uh, giving Stonewall the benefit of the doubt, that they are concerned about the likes of Gail Newland, who was not a trans identifying person, who is in fact a lesbian, uh, and who claims to have been in a consensual lesbian relationship with the complainant. And Stonewall might argue, and I would agree with them if they did, that much of that case, was driven, or rather, the, the prosecution and the conviction may have been driven by anti-lesbianism. So that was the basis of the Gail Newland case. And having met Gail Newland and spoken to her during the time that she was going through the, the criminal justice process, I, I strongly believe, I firmly believe, that that she faced a lot of prejudice because she was uh, is a lesbian. However, Stonewall's key concern, in my view, and there's plenty of evidence to back this up, is when a trans woman, in other words, a biological male, um, who still has their genitalia intact, gets into bed with a woman who believes that they are in a lesbian sexual encounter, and then all of a sudden a penis pops up. And this is where, I think, stonewall's concern is rooted that so-called trans women should not be charged with an offense of sex by deception simply because a penis enters the picture because of course if you take stonewall's ideology to its logical conclusion a penis on a trans woman is a female body part i kid you not This is what is actually said by extreme trans activists. And that was the line that I took in writing about this for the critic. So yes, there are concerns about some sex by deception cases that have gone before the court, such as the Israeli-Palestinian one, the Gail Newland one. But the issue about so-called trans women getting some kind of amnesty um, in these cases is just a rapist's charter, and God knows we don't need any more excuses for biological males to to get away with rape.
0: You framed it as sort of Stonewall's defence of campaigning against it was one of privacy, which is interesting to say the least. Why do you think privacy of trans people trumps women's safety in in Stonewall's eyes?
1: Well, Stonewall has taken uh, a very extreme view um, and pedals very extreme transgender ideology, where trans women are women. And there is no debate about that. we know trans women are not women. We know that they are trans women. And I think it's a courtesy to actually use the term trans women. They're trans identified males. But there are some, some people, and I'd certainly count at least two or three of them amongst my friends, who were young, gay, troubled men, who were railroaded into what was known back in the 1980s, when when these particular people went through sex reassignment surgery as transsexuals, they they decided to live as women. They had extreme gender dysphoria, and rather than treating this as something that was a psychological issue, it was treated as a medical issue. Um, But but certainly these trans women um, cannot revert back to being male, they live in the world as female, and I would not dream of questioning that to them or publicly, um, because that's how they cope in the world. And therefore I will use pronouns, preferred pronouns. But what Stonewall want to indoctrinate everyone with is that there is no difference between trans women and biological women, and it's just nonsense. Now the rape law is very clear in this country, which is that it's it's a non-consensual penetration by a penis. So in other words, only a person with a penis can commit an act of rape. So when that trans woman penetrates a female with their penis, and the person who is being penetrated has not consented to sex with a penis, that is clearly rape. That's not, not I mean, it's deception, but it's actually technically rape. But Stonewall want to do away with that. They want a scenario where two lesbians can be in bed together. And the next thing, one of them turns out to be a natal male. And that's still a lesbian encounter. Well, I'm sorry, I've been a lesbian since I was in my teens. I've fought for lesbian rights for four decades. I'm proud to be a lesbian. Lesbians are punishment raped. Lesbians are told constantly that we need a good sorting out. all we need is the right man and other cruder manifestations of that and and this to me what stonewall is proposing is exactly the same as all you need is a good seeing to there's no difference
0: it's appalling that this has all seemed to have sort of come around so quickly and you, you give the day of 2015 in the article when sort of stonewall started to pretty much almost become an exclusively trans rights organization what marked that shift? Because what happened in 2015? Why did they suddenly decide to sort of carry the mantle for trans rights? Well, in
1: 2015, when Ruth Hunt was appointed a successor to Ben Somerskill as chief executive, um, things changed. And I think that was because there was no particular financial incentive to continue to focus on legislation to equalize uh, lesbians, gay men and heterosexuals because that had pretty much been done. There was still much work to be done, for example, with lesbian and gay asylum seekers entering the UK, with bullying in school of lesbians and and, and gay kids, with homeless youth, um, sexually exploited youth that were preyed upon. And because they were vulnerable, there was all kinds of issues that they could have tackled. And it would have been nice at that time for Stonewall to turn their attention to lesbians. Because, you know, as I've written about for a number of of years, including in a book um, I had published seven or eight years ago, Stonewall had become a lame duck. It had become an organisation that just focused on raising money in extremely swanky hotels and badgering bakers for not, you know, carrying uh, gay affirmative messages. And you know we, we thought that maybe they would have a look at the discrimination still facing lesbians, but no, their focus became very trans uh, heavy because that's where the money was and that's my view. Before Ruth Hunt was appointed, when she had applied for the job for the role of chief exec, I'd known I'd known Ruth a little bit um, over the years. I'd always been openly critical of Stonewall. Ruth's robust enough to take that. I didn't worry her too much, and she'd been well aware of what had happened to me in 2008 when I was nominated as journalist of the year by by the general public at the Stonewall Awards. And of course, the trans activists kicked off big style. There were a couple of hundred of them outside the Victoria and Albert Museum on the night of the awards. And Stonewall, you know, bravely and gallantly gave the uh, award which was coming to me, I was told by judges, to a heterosexual agony aunt uh, who wasn't a journalist. Um, So Stonewall, Ruth Hunt knew fine well uh, what had happened and she obviously needed to put her own stamp on the organisation and what she chose to do was to go full trans rights. But prior to that, we had met up at her request and we'd gone for a drink and she told me that if she became chief exec, she would not be including the T in the LGB organisation. She would support a separate organisation for transgender rights, affiliated to Stonewall, but not part of Stonewall. And I was, wasn't the only journalist she told this to. And she must have been hoping that, you know, therefore we would be supportive of her appointment as if we had any influence in it whatsoever, and in fact as if we cared. But she certainly did say that. Now, it could well be that she was genuine at that time. And then somebody showed her a really large amount of money that she could get through various grants and donations. So it's money. That's what it is because nobody in their right mind, including trans people, could possibly believe that trans women are women, that a penis is a female body part and that the likes of Alex Drummond, who's a full bearded, penised male, is a lesbian despite the fact that they get alex drummond to go around uh, schools as a stonewall ambassador talking about being a lesbian it, it, it's just it's it's ridiculous however libertarian however open-minded you are no one's as open-minded that your brain will fall out and that you would just believe this bullshit
0: i think um if that's something that's become very clear since 2015 it is sort of that pandering to a, a tiny tiny minority which has taken over headlines but for years, and you know, there's obviously this active campaign against sex by deception clause. But since 2015, when Stonewall decided to sort of champion trans rights activism, what other laws have been impacted by this in order to cater to a tiny minority?
1: Well, first of all, yes, you're right. It is a tiny minority. But if you think about those that now identify as non-binary and all you have to do is say, I'm non-binary, they're under the trans umbrella, as are drag queens, as are those that might flit in and out of different sapiosexual, pansexual, polysexual identities. It's, it, you know, so there are many more now, by their own definition, than actually are transsexual people living as the opposite sex but also if you think about their allies all the woke gay men all the owen joneses and all of those david paisley those that really in my view hate feminists for for talking about campaigning against male violence and male privilege they hate us but they haven't been able to be openly hostile to us before so now this gives them a perfect opportunity to say that we're witches and turfs and still be seen as on the right side of history so So that's that. And then secondly, well, the impact of Stonewall's campaigning um, against the sex by deception clause is is that it's much broader than that. They want to, they are campaigning very, very straightforwardly, although they've tried to deny it, but it's in black and white, to end all sex-based rights for women. So to end the sex exemptions in the Equality Act. Now, what I mean by that is, for example, the recognition that women are disadvantaged uh, within society. I would call it under patriarchy, but the law doesn't say that. Um, and that there is a prevalence of male violence that affects women and girls. And that's why we have women's refuges and rape crisis centres that feminists like me set up. And within those refuges and rape crisis centres, there has to be uh, a clause that say we can only employ, we have, we have the right to only employ females in those positions and that we can only take in as residents in women's aid refuges women female victims of male violence similarly with psychiatric um, wards where there are very vulnerable female patients almost all who've been sexually abused uh, by men prisons which houses extremely vulnerable women, again, almost all of whom have been the victims of systematic male violence. And of course, changing rooms and sports and all of the other facilities and organizations where you know we need single sex spaces and exemptions. Stonewall wants rid of all of those and they want to replace it with gender identity. So in other words, to get into a women's refuge, you would just have to say, I identify as female. Now, for anyone that thinks that this is crazy and that I'm taking this to its illogical conclusion, go to Vancouver, have a look at what's happening there. When I was there in 2015, and I was looking at facilities that existed in the city for indigenous, young, prostituted women, the most vulnerable within that society, I was told that there were no longer any women only exiting services and support services because men, just actual men with beards would go into these women only facilities and just say, I'm a woman. And they would just sit there and they'd be there all day. So gender identity for Stonewall trumps biological sex. And so that means that you can just forget any particular protection that feminists have fought for for decades that are necessary because of male violence not because we're shrinking violence.
0: So it's interesting that there's been quite a lot of backlash against Stonewall recently. How has this also come about from Stonewall's original founders, including people like Simon Venture?
1: Well, some of the original founders of Stonewall have come out and said that the direction the organisation has gone in is the opposite one to... I suppose, the values um, and and not just that, but the strategy adopted in the beginning. And this isn't because those founders are really old style bigots who really don't like trans people because they're too wacky, too out there, too different. It, not at all. It's the no debate issue. And it's also incorporating a group of people Um who have issues about gender identity as opposed to sexual identity and orientation. So gender identity is something that is completely different. And not only that, if you do what Stonewall has done, which is to say that sex should be trumped by gender identity, then there's no such thing as same sex attraction anymore. So I'm attracted to um, a person of a female gender. Well, no, actually, because I don't go for, for for men and I don't, I'm not attracted to a gender. In fact, as a feminist, I want to see an end to gender so that we can all just be as we are, behave and dress um, in the way that we feel appropriate to ourselves without adhering to sex stereotypes. So some bloke wearing a load of makeup, um, a long blonde wig uh, and massive silicone breasts would I'd be about as attracted to him as I would looking out to that fox at the back of my garden right now it's utterly ridiculous and so so what Simon and others have been saying about Stonewall and and it's complete about turn about face is that they have eliminated the concept of same-sex attraction and deemed it to be transphobic. So we are now supposed to be attracted to a trans woman with a penis. No, I'm sorry.
0: It's crazy sort of what's happened in the last eight or so years and I think how much do you, do you well do you think that women's rights have ultimately regressed in the past decade or so? To what extent have they and how much is this sort of due to the work of extreme trans right activism that sort of moved towards wokeness, quote unquote, in, in general.
1: Stonewall has a lot of blood on its hands, it has a lot to answer for. So Stonewall's equality workplace scheme is a protection racket. So for those organizations that don't sign up to have Stonewall vet all of your policies on lgbtqqi plus workplace issues are seen to be anti-gay, transphobic, etc. And so it really is a bit like when gangsters used to go around all the bars in Soho. And there was one that really wanted protection from the gangsters because they were dodgy themselves. And they would have rival gangs going into their bar at night, smashing all their glasses, punching their customers out and nicking their booze from the basement. But that if two doors down, the perfectly legal, well-run bar didn't sign up to this protection racket, they would get their windows put in. And that's exactly what Stonewall is doing with this workplace equality nonsense. And it's not just vetting the policies of these organisations, but it's imposing extreme trans ideology upon it and encouraging them, in fact, coercing these organisations to lobby for an end to sex exemption laws, to lobby for extreme transgender policies that work against women and work against lesbians and gay men and I don't know how the hell we've got into this because it's obvious that in the first instance when when organizations including public bodies and of course many of our universities did sign up to Stonewall's um, scheme they genuinely thought that this would help them be more lesbian and gay friendly what's happened now is it's turned into an imposition of trans ideology and it's yeah. What else can I say? It's a protection racket. And thankfully, the wall has been pulled from many people's eyes now and they can see what Stonewall is doing. The The, the big problem I have with it, apart from the fact that women um, and in particular lesbians are being silenced and bullies, bullied and losing our jobs through, through Stonewall's indoctrination of all of these organisations, is that. There is very little protection for lesbians and gay men now because we don't have, except for some new organisations that have started up, we don't really have anyone fighting for our rights. Certainly Stonewall is fighting against the rights of lesbians and gay men.
0: That actually sort of leads me on to my my final question, which is we have seen a significant amount of backlash against Stonewall in recent weeks and a number of organisations removing themselves from their diversity champion scheme. Do you think that Stonewall's influence over the law and public policy is finally coming to an end?
1: I hope it's finally coming to an end. I don't think that they can pull back from this. Something happened when Nancy Kelly likened feminists saying that trans women are not women, to anti-Semitism. I think that what happened there was that the liberals who had been convinced that fighting for trans rights in the way Stonewall demands was the same as fighting against Section 28 in the 80s. I think those well-meaning people And a lot of the cowards that had refused to speak up because they could see what had happened to the likes of me and Maya Forstatter and others when they do speak out. I think they thought, whoa, this has gone way too far. This is outrageous. And I think that people have realised that those of us that have actually been in the forefront of this war, that have spoken out, that have been punished and that have been followed, in my case, followed around the world being picketed and demonstrated against and threatened and physically attacked that when they call us bigots and say that we're fascists and homophobic and transphobic people have started to ask well how can all of these left-wing lesbian feminists all of a sudden have become total bigots how did that happen and obviously some people do change but all of us all of these feminists, all of these lesbians, all of these decent gay men. Suddenly we're just fueled by hatred and bigotry towards trans people. Things are changing. And in fact, the tide has turned in the, the liberals, those with no particular skin in the game, have stopped capitulating to this ideology and have stopped believing the lies being told about those of us that stand up against it
0: interesting i think it moves so quickly everything i'm sure that by the next time we speak there'll be another big story that's sort of broken and is being hotly debated about but i i'm interested to see the backlash against stonewall and see how it plays out in the end but julie bindle it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you about this and linking to your article which comes out today in the critic and yeah look forward to seeing what you write next thank you olivia it's been a real pleasure to talk to you if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast why not subscribe to have the magazine delivered to your door subscribe today with the current offer of five issues for 10 pounds by heading to our website www.thecritic.co.uk